Welcome to Stay in the Loop with Lucy. Today's episode is a very tender conversation with a gentleman called Ryan Adams. Gentleman is a is the only word I could use when describing Ryan Adams. He is someone who takes his time. He considers. He really considers the question. And when he responds, you can feel he responds from his whole lived experience. This is a young man who had time in foster care, who sees it as a positive in his life, and he'll explain to you why, who dealt with addictions, who had moments of realization, who is now a parent himself, and as a result offers extraordinary insight into how we can, as parents, and how we can, as a community, parent children and young people within our community. I hope you will enjoy this interview as much as I have enjoyed it. Ryan, can you give us a little bit of background um, how with the adults around you described you? Um, I would say they... Uh they would describe me as rambunctious <laughs> and i think that's a word that's often negatively seen uh, to describe younger people but i would also say i was very inquisitive and very um i was very inquisitive very caring very um i was, I was everything was tasteful i wanted to taste everything to know I mean, that falls into inquisitiveness, I guess, but, um, and I was very, I was very on the ball and I was, um, I think, I think for some parents or, or adults, I was seen a bit of as a challenge to, I felt very often, um, it's not negative. I don't mean this negatively, but often felt as in um, I had my place is there and it's not there. There was always a separation between um, an adult and a, a younger person, even though I may not have been able to express myself in those same words that, that they would, but my movements, my, my whole, my whole stature, um, was even with with an adult and i think that was sometimes for them a bit um yeah i think a bit confusing or challenging you know because you you have this picture as an adult that my job is to teach you <laughs> and um or yeah to raise you and sometimes i think what's forgotten is is you have to do it together i think that's Pretty much, yeah. Did and you find that as a result of that, you felt criticised a lot for the, for the questions that you were asking and the equality that you were clearly holding in your body? Um, I feel that, I think from both sides, there could have been a bit more sensitivity brought in, but in the meaning of... I could have listened more to my um my sixth sense if you will 
as to what was going on at that moment and if my two cents was needed at that moment, you know, like calling something out or, um, and I think on the other sides as well as, 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 as an adult to, um, being open to saying, oh, okay, let's ask this younger person what their opinion is. I'd like to hear it. You know, maybe there's something and just being, I think being open to change, you know, like being open to it, not going how it should go in their idea. And that goes for the younger person as well, you know, because I think, but I mean, you can ask yourself, where does it start? You know, the chicken or the egg? Is it the parent that's starting the, the, the wall or is it the child or is it both together because of the whole complete package? Yeah. You found yourself at, um, at one point in your life in foster care. And one of the, the things that you've said to me before is that we have as a society so many pictures of what a family is that 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 challenged many of those pictures can you share with us with the positives i guess and negatives of foster care well i like foster care because i got me out of my situation you know i was like oh it's great i don't have my parents i have people that don't know me it can kind of start new and it wasn't anything negative against me it was just getting rid of that um personification of what how the adults before foster care saw me and I could kind of, I guess it was, you know, as a younger person, you, um, or I don't know, I, I will talk about myself. I don't want to put every young person in the same pot, but for me, it was, um, you start to conform because you want, you want harmony. I think you want, you want togetherness. That's kind of built in you as a young person, you know, that, that everybody works together and um, things are forgotten and you move on and go forwards. And, and when that doesn't happen, then I think you can start to question who, okay, then why am I feeling this and why is something else being presented to me? So when I got to go to foster care, it was for me great because I'm like, oh, cool, I can start again. And mm, the pictures of, or the, the, if you go into foster care, there's still that, they're still having the idea of they're the caretakers, right? So, um, and they also think it's that they have that, I'm the caretaker and this is how it should be. And you're the problem child, you know, even if they don't call you the problem child. And that's not also negative. I don't mean that negatively either. It's just like, there's something there to fix. and and all that stuff will be directed in that direction of fixing something yeah without yeah but i think it's i think i think the, the beautiful thing about foster care can be is there's a, there's support it's not just the parents going at it on their own there's a support there you know they have of course the funds <laughs> they have the, the psychologist they have the doctor they have the the camps they have they also have again i'll say the funds they have the the, the money to um not a lot of families have i think there's a lot of stresses when it money as well that can create stress 
in the type of pictures a family might have, how it should be. If the money's not there, that means we can't have this, we can't do that, we can't have fun, we can't be together. There's a lot of things. Yeah. When you um, turned 18, did life change all of a sudden? You know, with people that have this assumption that one day to the next, one day you're not a child, the next day you are. What happened around that age for you? I didn't, I didn't feel a change. I felt kind of more, felt more of a, I almost want to say lashing out, but it's not negative. It's a, it's a, I say that actually a lot. Um, I felt more of like, hey, I'm of an age now where society says that I'm able to make decisions that have consequences and um, I am responsible for my decisions. And I think that kind of gave me a bit of a, of a freedom and a, and a, and a, and a um, a push to bite back and um, because I hadn't been supported in a, in a way that was um, I guess whole supporting me to 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 be able to express how I was actually feeling without that bite then that's then seen as rebellious you know that's where the rebellion is, you know, that's rebellion, that's rebellion. But what am I really, what was I really rebelling against? I think I was, and there's, again, there's no blame on the parties before or anything like that. It's just kind of how society is. That's, it's, yeah. And what, what happened, 18, I, oh, there's so many ideas of what 18 means. You know, you can almost drink, you can almost, you can stay out till you almost get into a bar, you can, it depends on those are important things you get your driver's license so there's a whole lot of independence going on um that you're not in a way you're not as prepared for as 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 again the adults are expecting you to be <laughs> so it's there's a lot of there can be a lot of expectations yeah and there's another yeah were you living on your own at that point I moved in on my own when I was 16. I was a, a ward of the crown or crown of the ward. I don't remember how it goes. So that means that what happened is um, I would I would move out, but I still had a social worker who would come and visit me every, all the first, every two weeks and then every month. And of course they would pay my rent or I would get a certain sum uh, towards uh, supporting my rent. So I had to go and work and a job. And uh, yeah, I was living on my own. Yes. And what was it like living on your own at 16? Um, well, I definitely didn't pick a place that was very, but I think it's all of a sudden you get slammed with, I don't know, I'm not trying to make a sob story, but you can, it's really all relative, but it, I, I, you get slammed with, um, where where do i move now where do i go what do i want in my life you you have to decide you know like am i going to get a nice place it's am i going to get at this place is that affordable there's a whole lot of um 
Yeah. And you, you're, you're in a fight again. You're in a bit of a rat race. Uh, um, but then again, if you, if you were not for having rules anyway, so you, you, you just, you just jump on that opportunity to do whatever you want and um, you lose total self care. You can lose self care and it, and it doesn't happen. It does the depreciation doesn't happen very right away. It happens over time. And um, it, yeah, it totally depends. You started um, getting involved in things that led to addictions. When did that, when did that start? It's a, it's a bit of a silly story, but I, it started when I had first um, called my first love, if you want. <laughs> it, that was what I, I related it to, was my first love. We had broken up, and then I kind of... Um, and I wasn't initially sad that we broke up. I was more or less sad about the fact that I knew that it wasn't going to work, but I pushed it to work because I didn't want to... Um, I liked having somebody around as much as I liked living on my own. I liked having company, you know, somebody you could talk to closeness and you don't, there's no judgment. Um, or you, you think there's no judgment, you know, there's still, um, and, uh, and then out of retaliation to my own choices, um, I slowly, yeah, when I started drinking heavily, but it was very minimal in the beginning and you think that you have it under control and you, you really, like I remember very consciously having one or two beer. Yeah. And then it would kind of every month it would go up, but it would be every weekend. So your, your tolerance of course goes up or, or your, I don't know how it works. Maybe your kidney just gives up, says whatever <laughs> it's not. And then you go in a direction that's, complete addiction and you don't even notice that you're there you don't you don't or you do there's a tiny part of you that whispers and says hey i need some help here this isn't great but there's also a part because you fought for that independence you don't want to ask for help you know you're like no i can make this on my own i can do this and and you're you're you just end up lying and then it gets deeper and darker and a bit of a of a, of a circle that doesn't end until either something very drastically happens, um, which either, you know, many factors. Um, because I think as humans or as, as sometimes as young people, there's a pride as well, maybe, where you don't want to show that you haven't made it, that you can't do it. And that's not a sad thing. That's a, I think that's an unknown inner truth that we also don't want to admit. Like, oh, you know what? I actually... And then you go into blame and you you just start blaming and everybody's at fault. And then you're also again seen as a rebellion, a rebellious teen or 18 year old, or I don't know. I don't, I think that the teenager has nothing to do with, with how one is. I think it's, I think it's just perhaps a part in your life where you're asked to do, to be more responsible. And we've labeled it as the teenager phase perhaps. And because you're fighting between saying yes and no, it's again, seen as being rebellious. What was your until moment, your aha moment that kind of went, oh, hold on a second, what am I doing? 
My aha moment was when um, I had got it had gotten to the point where I'd get paid, and I wasn't holding jobs very long. Um, they were good jobs. I was getting. I was. I was sorry. I was getting paid well, but they weren't. Um, and then I'd go out on the weekends, partied out, you know, with my friends. Uh, typical story, what everybody knows. And then it got to a point where I was starting to lend, m borrow money from my friends to pay for my parties or my my living, you know. And uh, and it was at that moment when I realized I'm standing at zero. I don't have anything. And I remember also realizing that I just had a, a room, you know, I'm this certain age. And all I have is a room with a bed in it. We're sharing a kitchen. And uh, I'm struggling to pay rent. And, and, and all I actually want to do is just buy a beer with it, <laughs> with the money that I do have. And uh, that was a moment where I miraculously said, I don't want this anymore. And I stopped. I mean, it, it, I didn't stop directly. It was a process, for sure. I don't think you can poison the body or if you want it. I don't think many of us will admit that it is poison, but it's going in that direction of, of, of abuse to the body, what we can, what's called alcohol. Um, yeah. And I remember always looking at a lot of people that were around me that used to hang with, they, they were fine. They would get drunk, they would do their thing and they were still able to live and, 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 and uh, function and hold jobs and all that stuff. And I, I couldn't do it, it didn't work. And that was, I'm glad actually. And uh, yeah. And I remember I had my moments as well where near the end of it, where I was starting to allow myself to be truthful with, to be truthful in the meaning of seeing how um, I would be treated in regards to other people and being very quite, being quite upset about it. It, was, it affected me and I would ask some of my friends and when I would approach them with this kind of emotion of, 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 of crying or yeah, upset emotional crying which was only my own misery but I, I wanted to somebody to tell me no right it's not what you're seeing what you're seeing is not true so that I could stay in it you know and um, a lot of my friends kind of pulled away from that they didn't want because if they admit it then they would have to admit it for themselves right it's kind of the, the thing and if you yeah talk to parents about it or, or adults. Um, I think that's sometimes difficult for them to handle because they have to look at themselves as well. Even if you're not their child, they have to look at all the things, possibility directions they've gone and not gone and responsibility and irresponsibility, which is, I think it's okay. It's okay as parents to make mistakes. There's way too much pressure from society to be a perfect parent yeah that's agreed. not fair and there's a huge huge pressure on kids and children to be a certain way as well you mm. know yeah. when you changed your agreement with your friends as you say there's possibly an agreement that you don't be emotional you don't question too much because then there's a reflection there that could be a little bit challenging to see for themselves um you did did you lose any of those friends when you decided I mean, i'm assuming rightly or wrongly that you decided not to drink at some point 
Um, I decided to stay at home for a while and just kind of get money to get out of that circulation of uh, having money, paying a debt back, and then not having money and borrowing money. And uh, did I lose some friends? I think I just had a bit of a clear, a lot of people didn't take me serious and that hurt as well because of how I had presented myself before. It's kind of, you know, like, hey, this is a fun party, not so serious guy, everything's not so important. And um, did I lose friends? I think I lost, I think some friends, again, if you can't handle that life and you can't make it there are people that don't want to hang around with you absolutely not because they see if they let their guard down for one second that's the direction they'll go that's it and i don't think it was anything negative it just happened there's yeah. nothing personal like anything against me or anything like that and i really truly not and um I don't think any friends ever ever left. They're just curious as to what's going on with Ryan. You know, what's mm. and and life goes on. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. It doesn't stop for you as much as you want it to. It doesn't stop for you. No. What if you were going to be able to offer some advice to a parent, maybe or some friends who are trying to support someone who they can see is questioning and. Um, looking at their life and going hold on a second i'm not sure that this is what i'm looking for i'm not sure how i got here they're in the middle the start the middle or the end of those stages do you do you feel that a parent and those around can influence or support or is it just something like holding the space to let the young person get there themselves that's a good question because i don't uh... I can just recommend lots of hugs and kisses. That's uh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's you know, and and definitely borders, but borders with hugs and kisses. Yeah. Because I think um, I know I know that in the end, that's what you're going to look at when you when something comes up that reminds you of a situation. You're going to remember the borders were still held, but I was still respected and I was still cared for. Like I was still being hugged and kissed <laughs> if if i can yeah yeah and don't push yourself i think the one thing that i can that i if, uh, i could recommend even though all people are or one thing that i felt feel for me is 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 being helpful or supportive is don't push yourself on the other person it's if you see that yeah you're seeing that there's a problem great you know talk about it one time but be but don't be pushy with it, you know? And then there comes a point where you yourself has to make the decision how much you want to be involved in that person's life. Because at the end of it, let's face it, it's their choice. Why would you say the boundaries and those borders are important? I'm still learning boundaries with my, my daughter. <laughs> I'm learning that. Um, because of the response, how they respond to when you when you make boundaries or when you hold boundaries or you respect their boundaries, um, it it's it it destroys all 
all ideas of I'm a parent and you're and you're my child. Why hold keeping boundaries? It's it's and 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 when one implements a boundary or 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 respects a boundary, there's gives so much more room for um, a totally different type of relationship. Totally different type of relationship. Because if you have, if you have the caregiver um, having boundaries, then it gives the, the option for the, the caree to, okay, say okay and respect it. And then it gives them the moment or the push to make their own boundaries. And, and ask them to be respected. So then it builds without even knowing it. All of a sudden you've got this level of respect for each other that, um, and, and caring and, and loving, you know, without even knowing. Next thing you know, you're like, oh, you know, and it sticks with you. It, 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 I think it sticks with you. As much as, as, much as, as evil and hate stick with you, um, love and caring and respect stick with you even more than, than, than those factors those negative factors. You always go back to, hey, I remember that person um, respecting my boundaries and it, and it influences how you um, respond to certain situations later in life as well. I love that idea that um, boundaries are a mutual, ben mutually beneficial opportunity for an equally respectful relationship. The boundaries could potentially be in place to support you to actually figure out what your boundaries are and then you make your own boundaries this is you know you're 15 16 17 now you should have your own why you know like that's what you've got to work out what's your boundary yeah she has boundaries too she's like sometimes i just get really i just want to hug her and kiss her and and I do it, and she says to me, um, you should ask me first. <laughs> and I, yeah, after first, and the, when, it, when that first started happening, I felt a little bit rejected, a little bit, you know, cause, and, and also angry because I'm like, what? I'm, I'm, I love you, I want to care for you. But if you think about it, you wouldn't do that to an adult, right? Yeah. It's just yeah. because it's a smaller, smaller, cuter version of an adult. Yeah. You think. And because, again, you the label, that's you're the parent, I'm the father, you know? or the or the wife or the or the mother or whatever that you have rights on that you're it's your right and you don't what would be the qualities that you feel fathers should share teach or reflect to their sons part of me wants to say that i don't think it matters if it's a son or a daughter you know i think it's I, that's a good point. So let's make it unilaterally, non-gender specific. Yeah. What's, what's the role of a father in a young person's life? I think just being 100% present, no matter what. If it's talking about boundaries, if it's having fun, if it's... Um, schoolwork if it's cooking if it's anything all activities all levels of interaction that you're 100 percent present i think that that makes um that's that's the that's the gem that's the 
that's the key there. Just be 100% there and be open and honest when you can't be. Be open and honest about that when you can't because they're going to sense it anyways if you can't. And it's a beautiful moment when you can have that interaction with your, your, um, your, the child or the person, the young person in your life that you're, that you're taking care of to admit that because it again allows for them to, 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 you're on the same level. There's no one higher than the other person, no one better. And again, it creates another level of uh, caring for each other and, and respect and yeah. What would be the qualities that you feel mothers should share? It's a, it's, a, it's a unified project. I don't think one can just specifically say father, mother. It's a, it's a combined effort, you know, and, and again, and mothers don't let your boys grow up to be cowboys. <laughs> Isn't there a song? <laughs> no. I know that um, as, 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 a, as a, a woman, not me as a woman, but a woman, um, what really helps, not help, what supports a relationship between the all is the relationship between the husband and wife or the wife and wife and husband, husband, it doesn't matter because that reflection goes directly to the children and that will drive the children how they treat you. Do you feel that your upbringing, how you grew up is affecting how you're parenting? Oh, um, yeah, definitely. Um, I do. I do, I do feel that, I do feel it. And um, you know, I've put a huge pressure on myself to not be all those things. I think everyone does that, right? I did a huge pressure on myself to not be like my parents, but, and it, or just be a different type of caregiver, I guess. I, I, um, I think as soon as you start doing that, the moment you're in that, um, you're in that. <laughs> you're already gone. You're already. You're already in another direction. That's just gonna keep what you don't want to have. It may not be the same types or same situations or same, but the outcome will be the same, and it'll just. It doesn't stop the 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 process. It doesn't stop it. Um, and it's. It is. I think I feel if you just if you're if you're really true if you really are I can speak as a, as a father or as a, as a man father everybody has but you know everybody has ego I can speak that sometimes the, the, you have to let your ego drop and just say yes and be okay again with learning something from a younger person. <laughs> Or, or a person that you are supposed to be the caregiver of. Just 
be open for that. Yeah. One of the things that I would propose children teach us so beautifully, particularly little children, is um, vulnerability and mm. that uh, that sense of um, they actually do rely on us for physically and uh, that as adults we have a responsibility not to abuse that and I think children can little children can teach us that so well because it's we actually have a great choice as to whether we impose or whether we work together or whether we listen to the wise or whether we just shut them down and say just do it because I told you to do it kind of thing and I, mm. it's only in talking to you that I can feel the potential of of the of feeling threatened or feeling challenged by that reflection of vulnerability. And I'd never really clocked it before, but something in what you've shared this morning and what you're sharing about the reflection that we offer has given me a new insight into that that uh, relationship and the responsibility of um, of honouring that fragility uh, as a as a one plus one as opposed to a uh, dominant and less dominant partnership. Yeah, I found that I go into battles with my daughter, <laughs> definitely, and she's five, you know, <laughs> and that just tells you that it big or small that's not what it is it's not about right or wrong or anything like that yeah